Hello and welcome to Cannabis Grand Rounds, a production by physicians with advanced degrees in cannabis medicine. Your hosts, Dr. Lee Van Oker, Dr. Les Matthews, and Dr. Hal Altman, will offer unbiased medical cannabis education for healthcare providers and the motivated public. Our content is selected with the objective to fully explore cannabis as science and medicine and pledges to reflect current cannabis knowledge with no hidden agenda nor sponsorships. Hi, and welcome to this episode of Cannabis Ground Rounds. And I am so excited to have a pioneer and an internationally renowned medical cannabis expert that I consider a mentor and a friend, um, Dr. Dustin Sulak. So uh, Dr. Sulak, Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come and talk to us. It's my pleasure. Thanks for the invitation, Lee. So basically, I just want to tell people that you are a traditional osteopathic physician. You're an expert in integrative medicine, and your clinical practice in Maine uh, focuses on treating refractory conditions in children and adults and that you are the author and we're going to talk about these things separately because this is they are just perfect for the podcast and any clinicians listening i can't tell you enough how important it is to get his textbook and to sign up for his healer training programs but he is the author of the first foundational text on the clinical use. It's called the Handbook of Cannabis for Clinicians, Principles and Practice. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. And he's the co-founder of Healer.com, which is a cannabis education, medical cannabis education research. And he's a passionate educator and leader in the field of medical cannabis. He's also on the board of the Society of Cannabis Clinicians. I'm a member too. And we are just uh, thrilled to have you. And it is the perfect you're the perfect person to have on this because th- we've you know realized there's a big gap between uh physician learning and training and medical cannabis and i think it's here to stay and you just offer uh, so much to physicians and clinicians that want to sort of get into it but tell me how did you get involved um and become a cannabis integrative practitioner Okay, well, I'll, I'll try to keep the story uh, short and, and relevant. I, I've been interested in cannabis since my teens. You know, when I, when I discovered what it was like when I finally tried it as a teenager, I realized that it was very different than what I had been told. And um, I, I started suspecting that maybe some of the um, celebrities that I had admired, like Bob Marley and other people who, you know, were really into cannabis, that maybe, maybe they were onto something. And and just that divergence from the narrative really struck me. It 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 made me also start to wonder what else had I been lied to about, and and what 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 do I need to figure out for myself here? And so cannabis uh, gradually became a part of my life. I, I think probably the next milestone for me was reading Dr. Andrew Weil's first book, which was called The Natural Mind. Uh, he's kind of the uh, guru of integrative medicine, uh, pr- possibly coined the term, uh, runs the integrative program at the University of Arizona and has trained thousands of doctors in this field. Well, his his first book was about altered states of consciousness and particularly about cannabis. And that gave me this 
kind of framework uh, for cannabis acting as a tool for personal development and for spiritual development, which was intuitively what I had known, but it, it really solidified that for me. And so then when I went to college in uh, Bloomington, Indiana, I joined a group called the Citizens Alliance for the Legalization of Marijuana, CALM. Uh, I started, um, uh, eventually I became the president of that group. And I learned from a very experienced social and, and political activist how to change uh, policy, how to change public policy. And a lot of that was through education. Uh, that was our, our main tool, and it still is. So I've been really educating people about cannabis since I was 18. It started off with like a, a table, a bunch of flyers and a boom box. And now I get to have an auditorium full of hundreds of people. But it's, it's, it's really quite similar. So back then, my whole focus was on the injustice of prohibition. I, I um, you know, just recognize how our prisons were full with nonviolent offenders. And at one point, I was also arrested for cannabis when I was about 20, I think. This was the main focus. And even throughout medical school, I continued to work in the, the field of cannabis activism. I never really thought cannabis would be a part of my medical career. I always thought it would be this kind of side project, something I believed in. I was very focused on hemp, not just kind of the medical and spiritual, but uh, the, the industrial potential of hemp to uh, save the environment, uh, which I still think is a very unrealized potential, um, even 20 years later. Then what what happened? I, I came up to Maine after graduating medical school, did an internship here. I started a private practice in 2009. That was the year that Maine expanded its medical cannabis law. There was a law on the books since 1999, but it was very limited and kind of non-functional. And in 2009, uh, suddenly after that law passed, there were thousands of patients in the state who were illegally using cannabis to appropriately treat their conditions and uh, all they really needed was a doctor's signature in order to be able to do so legally. And it turns out I was one of the only doctors in the state that did that. And so it, my, my little private practice, which at the time was focused on osteopathic manipulation, hypnotherapy, which I have a background in, and integrative medicine, uh, was suddenly uh, and rapidly taken over by these cannabis evaluations. And so, um, it, you know, maybe I should have known that it would take over my career because I loved it and I believed in it, but it, it was really never my plan. Uh, I had to grow the practice rapidly. We just had this incredibly underserved patient population. Not only had they been using cannabis illegally, but as you can imagine, a lot of these people uh, didn't have other doctors. They, they didn't trust a mainstream uh, medical system, you know, and so um, all sorts of things came up and it's just been incredibly rewarding. Um, I, I, as you know, Lee, like being a cannabis clinician is um, kind of a dream for a generalist or, or someone with like an emergency medicine background or certainly for the traditional osteopath because the variety of pathology that walks through the door every day is just incredible. And it's so, so challenging and so exciting to kind of, um, learn about all these all these different fields in medicine that are all tied together by cannabis. So that's that's my story. I um I learned a lot from my patients at first, you know, that first year it was pretty much just listening to people who were teaching me about how they were using cannabis to heal themselves, talking with some mentors on the West Coast who had been doing it a, a decade more, uh, looking into the peer-reviewed literature and even back then in 2009 and 2010 I was amazed that there was just so much data um, not a lot from the United States, but still there was, there was a lot of clinical data even back then supporting what I was observing in my patients. 
And um, in the last decade or, or last 12 years or so, it's just been an incredible ride. Uh, I've had this opportunity to teach patients, to, to grow my practice, to uh, teach clinicians all over the world. It's, and and I, I really believe that this work has, um, has been very fruitful. I, I think we've helped a lot of people improve the quality of their life and improve their function. Yeah, and I, I totally agree with you. It was frustrating. I, I came to the table mu much later than you, and I'm also much older than you. But, you know, for years, we had been trained, especially in emergency medicine. I practiced in the inner cities of Detroit and Baltimore, and I, I did see what was happening um, with drug abuse. And we were taught that it's a dangerous drug, a gateway drug. And then what kind of turned it for me is, you know, in the 90s, you started to see that people weren't addicted to illicit drugs, they were addicted to prescription drugs. It was things that we were doing unwittingly trying to help our patients. And that's when I uh, really thought that this is ridiculous. And all the research that we saw in the US, right, was, uh, was a bias towards harm through NIDA and such, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the right, that, that whole institutional bias, like to only look for the harm of cannabis. And if, if any benefit was found, just kind of quietly report that on the side. Uh, thankfully, that's, that's changed quite a bit uh, recently. But, but despite that, right, despite that bias, there was still such a strong signal shining through that this is an incredible, uh, versatile medication. So in the beginning, I mean, at that point, you really hadn't had a lot of textbooks, a lot of research. So, um, you know, there's a lot more out today for people. And we're going to talk about some of the things that you have done to help that. But how did you how did you even approach it? You said you listened to your patients. Um, but then how how did you even get your practice to the point where you as a physician could feel confident that the next patient who came in who maybe hadn't been experimenting on their own, that you knew what to do? Because that, that was a big leap back then. Yes, absolutely. So I, I think I had, you know, several months of opportunity to, um, like, like you said, listen to the patient, which is, it sounds kind of humorous that that's like a novel idea in medicine to actually listen to the patient. <laughs> well, having, having your own private practice is, uh, you know, one of the only options for making that a reality, just the, the fast pace of uh, of most practices with 15 minute visits or less it makes it hard to listen to patients. But uh, you know, it was kind of naive from a business sense back then, and all of our visits were an hour long, and we really did let people kind of spill their beans and, uh, you know, give us the whole story and, and ask questions. Uh, you know, one thing that I noticed uh, during that first year or two was that beyond this certificate, which um, relieved the patient of legal harm, a risk for legal harm of using cannabis, I I'd say probably the, the most effective intervention that I provided beyond that was the relief of guilt. To be sitting there with a doctor who was actively and, and genuinely asking these questions, like sitting there with this curiosity, how are you using cannabis? What's it doing for you? You know, like, like get, tell me all the nuances. Um, and then saying, well, that sounds like it's really helping you. And I'd like you to continue to do that. And here's one little thing, you know, that you might be able to change to, to make it even more effective or to have even fewer side effects. Um, you know, that people have been living with this conflict, like they knew it was helping them, but everyone in, in society was telling them this was a bad thing that they were doing and they had to hide it. 
you know, from their friends and their family members. And so that, that relief of guilt, I mean, people really would come back for their next follow-up and say, you know, I can't believe how much uh, comfort you gave me or, or how relieved I was after I left your office to know that I was doing the right thing. So then as patients start coming in cannabis naive, which, you know, right now that's, that's the average patient, like that, that's typical. You know, I'm getting patients from all walks of life, basically every age from pediatrics to geriatrics that have never touched cannabis before. And, and so, so yeah, that leap of how to, I, I, I don't, I don't know, Lee, I, I think that it's not that different from, in, in some ways, it is very different from the other agents we're trained to use in medicine. But but I still think that the basic clinical skills of like um, understanding the patient's goals, having paying a little attention to the pathophysiology, understanding basics like uh, onset, uh, duration of action, uh, you know, titration and uh, and feedback with the patient. You know, th- these things are are not novel in medicine, and certainly more commonplace in integrative and herbal medicine. And I, and I think a lot of those skills applied to cannabis. I, I guess the other thing I'll say is it, it, it sounds like rocket science sometimes. You know, there's all these different varieties and now we've got the, all these different cannabinoids available, different potencies, routes of delivery. You know, it, it sounds really complicated. However, I think a lot of people, what I observed is that a lot of people who have no clue what they're doing can like stumble into cannabis, pick it up, try it themselves, and oftentimes figure it out fairly well and, and get a good start. So it, it, it can be very forgiving and somewhat intuitive as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I have to say when I began, I, I was nervous too. And um, and we'll talk about that a little later, but your products were my go-to products because luckily we have them here in Maryland and it, it just made it easy to explain. I, I have noticed that, you know, when you try and explain a milligram per milliliter to an 85 year old and above, they kind of look at you, you know, that's a little different. The older generation that's coming to it are sort of used to like take a pill and be done. So getting them to figure out the titration has been a little tough. I don't know how you do that with your patients. Oh, it's, it's challenging. And especially because most most products are labeled in a way where you would literally have to have a calculator if you were going to understand what your actual dose is. I mean, it, the, the labels in, in the cannabis world are so confusing, and hopefully the, there's a trend beginning uh, to clear that up. But uh, you, you're, you're bringing up an important point, which is uh, this kind of passive recipient of health versus active participant in health. And I think our conventional, you know, kind of pill-based treat the symptom and then uh, you know, the next pill is to treat the side effect. That that whole paradigm is really disempowering of of the patient, and I, I don't think it tends to lead to good outcomes. So it it's a big shift for people to to take on that personal responsibility, and and sometimes it can be overwhelming. We have to do it stepwise. But I name it, and I like to point out that um, you know, if you do want the best health and you do want the best results with our treatment plan, you are going to have to actively participate. You're going to have to take notes. You're going to have to give feedback, pay attention to yourself. And and that's, that's I think, only good for people, even though it's a little work. 
I agree. And it does, it, it does take a little bit of explaining and such. So um, in any event, well, we are going to move on and, and talk about your products. But uh, I want to uh, thank everyone for listening. And when we come back, we're going to talk about a training program that was one of the first places that I went when I wanted cannabis education. And I want to find out exactly Dr. Sulak you know, who this was designed for and, and really what gave you the impetus to do it and and how you started. You've been listening to Cannabis Grand Rounds. Thanks for listening and tune in next time. All information, material, and content on this podcast is for general informational and educational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for professional and or medical advice, diagnosis, and or treatment by a qualified physician or healthcare provider. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and any materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. Cannabis Grand Rounds LLC does not offer personal health or medical advice. If you have a medical emergency, call your doctor or call 911 immediately.